Today's episode is brought to you by Anchorfish Printing. Hey, are you thinking about starting up that band, label, or distro? Or maybe you already have one and you need some merch. Anchorfish Printing has been taking care of bands for over 15 years. I can speak from personal experience. When Touche Amore started, Michael at Anchorfish was our guy for shirts, hoodies, patches, back patches, anything uh, that you know you could put ink on material for, he can take care of. Check out their uh, Instagram over at anchorfish underscore printing right now and mention the first ever podcast and receive 10% off your order. Hit them up for shirts, hats, stickers, anything you can really think of and be on your way. Welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bohm. This is episode 79, and my guest this week is Corey Kaufman of the band Gleamer. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. We just recorded this conversation the other day because Corey and I are about to go on tour together. Touche Amore, Vane, his band Gleamer, and third face are about to start the West Coast portion of this like five week headlining tour that Touche is about to do. Um, we're starting up in Oakland. The first night is sold out and uh, we're going to L.A. right after that. Um, and then a full U.S. tour gets underway uh, a couple weeks into it. It switches over to having dates with Military Gun and Scowl, some dates with Closer. Um, I'm very excited. Please come out to slash tour. You can grab tickets. Um, but this is really fun. I've never met Corey before. This is our breaking the ice conversation as we're about to go on tour together and had a great time. Very, very lovely person. Uh, excited to hang out with him uh, and see his band play. Um, before we get to that conversation, I want to remind you that there is a bonus episode where uh, Corey answered questions that were submitted by subscribers over on the Patreon. Hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon to hear that now. And um, yeah, you can subscribe if you want to support the show for as little as $3 a month. You get bonus episodes, all sorts of fun stuff, access to the Discord channel. And if you subscribe for uh, 7 bucks, you can submit questions to upcoming guests, find out who's coming on. Um, and then uh, if you are nice enough to subscribe for 10 you will get a physical gift uh, twice a year working on the next gift currently. I'd also like to shout out our sponsor, Discovered Magazine. Discovered is an international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music, art, skateboarding, and anything with a punk ethos. Get 10% off a yearly subscription using the code FIRSTEVER, spelled out, when you visit store.dscvrd.co. Hey, I'd also like to remind you, if you want to write to me, hit up the first ever mailbag at gmail.com, and that email will come straight to me. And uh, yeah, whether you have a question, comment, Anything you want to express about the show, I'm happy to read it. All right, here's my conversation with Corey Kaufman. Corey, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, Jeremy? I'm doing well. It's a, you know, things got a little warmer today. Colorado's been good to me lately. So, yeah. How about I love you? that. 
I'm I'm all right. You know, we're uh, we're rushing this interview. I'm very excited about it. This, so this is this is going to actually come out on uh, on Wednesday, just ahead of our tour starting. So sick. Um, yeah, I felt like might as well uh, break the ice. This is funny. This is the second time I've been in a situation where I interviewed someone just before meeting them on tour or like going oh, on really? tour with them. Yeah, like we just we toured with Thrice in the uh, in the fall and I'd met Dustin in passing, but we definitely didn't know each other. And so mm-hmm. this was our breaking the ice. So I figure why not break the ice with you a little bit and, uh, cool. and chat with you here? Yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> me, man. Yeah. So are you from Fort Collins originally? yeah i i like fort collins and then loveland which are like two towns 15 minutes apart from each other but yeah okay this kid that uh that i played in my very first bands with uh moved he lives in loveland now oh what is, yeah yeah and like and i know that like fort collins is like where he hangs because i know that's like the closest like it's like a college town right? yeah totally yeah so it's funny i in a band i used to play in um we played fort collins a couple times and i'm wondering if you have any um stories or thoughts on the venue and you need to help me remember the name of it okay. it starts with it's it's a pizza spot the bands play has an s in the name has an s in surfside the name. there it is oh cool <laughs> yeah is that play, is that place still there yeah it is it's like you know i don't like i'm not one to go out too often um but that was kind of the spot in my early 20s if you wanted to go and hang out we our band played has played a few shows there i actually how long ago was that that you played there this would have been two i'm gonna just roughly say between 2005 and 2007 oh that's sick dude you know i actually didn't even know it had been around that long because it's still like kind of thriving yeah, I think so I think my buddy told me that may, is there a chance maybe it moved locations? Like was there an original location or has it always stayed the same? Uh that's totally possible. You know, I had never even really known about it until like 2014. So Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right on. Um so let me ask you this when you were growing up, um what was the first thing that you remember connecting with musically? that felt like it was yours maybe not something that was being played in the house uh Mm. by your parents or something but maybe something you discovered on your own oh dude um this is like probably before i was actually into music really but like yeah because my parents listened to i feel like a lot of like 80s metal and then like wow more more poppy metal and then like pop country those are kind of the two sides and i hated all of it like growing up um but I remember like hearing something like the first like sort of pop punk thing I ever heard was in like a Disney Channel movie. Uh, that was Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. And I had this little recording thing. And I remember I would like I like recorded that like 15 seconds of them like going down the hill. And I'd never heard music like that before. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like so cool. Um, wow. Yeah. So probably like, I don't know, six years old. And then I was like, oh, that's like that's different than what my parents listen to. That's like. I don't know. I feel like I've drifted genres throughout my whole life, but that was the first thing. Yeah. And did you, so where did you go from there? Like you heard the sound and you were like, oh man, like this, this is different. This is interesting. Like, did yeah. you, like how did you carve a path? Cause that's kind of a tough one to be like, oh, I like the song from this show, <laughs> yeah, you know? Totally. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like I, I didn't know if I even really liked music for, um, like my, my younger years up until like, I feel like once I was like, a, like able to start like, 
you know, when you first get like an MP3 player, or like a Walkman, and it's like, oh, I can have my CDs, and it's not like my parents' stuff. Um, that was kind of the point when I was like starting to branch out into new territory and I got really into like stuff that my parents hated, you know what I mean? And that felt kind of like cool finding, like going from kind of like, I guess like screamo stuff all in like middle school and then like figuring out how much more there was and like sort of like developing friendships through that, which I feel like is echoed by kind of a lot of people that end up getting into music. It's like, you and your friends and being in Loveland and Fort Collins, especially, I mean, I grew up in Loveland most of my life, um, live in Fort Collins now, but that town was kind of very like, uh, I don't know. It felt like we were getting to look outside of the town and we were like, Oh, like this is what's actually going on outside of here, you know, which was yeah. cool. Yeah. What, if you don't mind me asking, are you in your twenties? Are you in your thirties? Are, are you? I'm 29. I'm 29. just about, I'm almost. Yeah. 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 I was, I was curious. Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture that um like what was happening when you were when you would have been a teenager i'm curious because you said right. it took a while it took a while for you to you said get into to get into music were you like a video game kid like what was your? oh yeah i yeah. still am like Truly, i, I okay. loved video games yeah. yeah that was definitely like my first i remember like we got a sega genesis and i was like oh my god like this is my favorite thing and then that sort of like you know that's been like a, a favorite like hobby of mine you know in tandem yeah. with music but did you go through like did you have like the discovering music through video games like the tony the tony hawk sort of oh route? dude mine was through ssx tricky the snowboarding game uh because they had Ooh, I like i'm not familiar who was in that oh my god it was so good they uh there's like there was like yellow card and thrice stare at the sun was on that soundtrack okay. that kind of stuff I, you know it was just it's all just like sort of little windows into like what's outside of just like your home, you know, like sure. when you're that young, but yeah. Um, did, uh, God, was it, what system is that for the, the snowboard? Uh, GameCube, PS2 and Xbox. Okay. Yeah. okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I love, I love always hearing those stories of people discovering punk through Tony Hawk. Whenever someone brings that up, they always sort of like, uh, preface it by being like, I know it's kind of weird, but it's like, I don't think it is, you know, oh, like, dude, I think it's actually that's like, yeah. yeah. That's so I mean, there's cool. people. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty of people that are a little older, like a little, because uh, I'm 38. But I think that there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that from my age group that maybe found music because of like fucking the Mallrat soundtrack or Angus the yeah. Angus soundtrack or something like that. It's like, what's really the difference other than the fact that yours is more interactive, other than just watching a 90 minute movie? Yeah, it's just you know, it's just like getting like at a young age, getting like a culture sample. You know what I mean? And being like. I don't know. It's like, oh, I could do this kind of shit, you know? Yeah. It's cool. What was your uh what was your first concert? Oh, dude, um my first like real concert was I was like I think I was 14 or 15. I I and I saw Oasis. And that was Cred. kick ass, man. It was so sick. Uh my dad took me and my friend Connor and it was so cool. I didn't even really like know them that well, you know what I mean? But I was like, I'll go to a, a cool show. Cause I just liked up until that point, I was just into like under oath and like that kind of stuff. And then it, I, yeah. I started making friends that were into like a lot of, a lot wider range of stuff. And then, you know, went to that and that was yeah. cool. <laughs> um, was that in Denver? Yeah. It was in like Broomfield, like a, at suburb. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, and that's cool too, that your dad took you. Cause there's a little bit of I that, know. like there's like some crossover there that like you can enjoy something that your, 
your pops is into was i'm assuming yeah. he was a fan of oasis right yeah definitely it, it was it was a good time that was a cool a cool like a huge first show you know what i mean it yeah. was kind of like what is all this like you know i'd been right. to like sporting events but that was like kind of kind of similar to that you know what i mean yeah so when you were into because you mentioned you were into like under oath and stuff like that um how far after going to see oasis did starting to go to shows like that happen you know i i feel like concerts in general were pretty sparse for me like throughout high school um just because of like i feel like being in fort collins like bands only go to denver which makes sense i mean we only played in denver um generally and, and it's but it was like 90 minutes away and like once we got once like friends started having driver's licenses though we could start going down and then at that point my my taste had kind of like developed like a little broader and we were like you know a little bit more into like indie music and like i don't know i would kind of just go to whatever i thought like my friends were into or whatever was going on at the time you know yeah i'm trying to think is uh something that relates like a band that would relate to under oath is that was that band fear before the march of flames are they from colorado oh you know i never really listened to them but all my friends loved that band i don't know much about them yes they're from aurora okay okay, okay. yeah there you go. I was trying to think of like uh, if there was a, maybe like a local band that was exciting for you during that era. Was there anything like that that was like that you looked to as like, oh, I could also do this? Dude, it's it's kind of funny. I feel like my um, so I was in a band in high school um, and we were like kind of like a classic rock band. Um, but I was so I happened to like befriend like a, quite a few people that were like four or five years older than me at the time. Um, and I was just like the young guitar player in their band, you know, I was like 16 and they're all like 21. Um, so it was kind of like, I feel like when you're in that position at that age, you're very, you know, obviously looking up to these people so much because they're like, they're not in high school, like they can do whatever they want. And so it's sort of, I feel like a lot of my taste was kind of shaped by that. Um, sure. and then we would just like, I was like the guitar player, you know what I mean? And, um, pretty much kind of like, as far as local bands, I don't know. It was like pretty sporadic. I feel like Colorado scene's always been kind of like that, which is why it's mm-hmm. like good to get out of Colorado when you can, you know, because um, we're so far from other states. But it was mostly like just my friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did one? Uh, I, I guess this leads to the next question, which I was normally like, um, what your first instrument was? What's guitar where you started? Yes, it, it definitely. Well, I guess maybe I played like drums for like a week when I was like six years old, but like then I didn't I didn't like it anymore, and I was it was like too loud for me. <laughs> and then uh, I started playing guitar when I was like probably like thirteen, like uh, around then. Okay, and was it like a guitar that w- that was around the house? Like, did your parents play at all, or was it yeah, like I so- want? Okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my my dad actually uh, was like, he played in bands like in the 80s and stuff. And like, so he, there were always like guitars around our house. And he, I like grew up with him playing guitar and stuff. Um, but you know how it is like with what your parents are into, you're kind of like, I don't like that. Um, totally. But, but then, you know, I get to a certain age and then like started like bopping around with it. And then I got like, a, I got like a line six amp that was like, so overdriven and just disgusting sounding and that's like what did it for me it was like okay now i want to play guitar you know what i mean yeah i can't hear a, what i'm doing <laughs> yeah you, you basically get an amp that's a computer it's like yeah up, dude computer. yeah 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 I, it was a line six spider which i feel like is a lot of people's first amp potentially and especially you know especially in that era especially yeah especially in that era 
It was so totally. cool to me though, because it was like, oh, now it doesn't sound like like I don't know. It doesn't sound like classic rock. It feels like metal or something. You know what I mean? Like right, right, right. Yeah. Did uh, I I got I got to know a little bit about your pops' band. So you mentioned he was a like a eighties eighties like metal like it was like hair metal stuff is that what was yeah he like a totally band? totally was he, they were was like he a, a cover they were a cover band um called vigilante and um i mean i don't know if you could ever find anything about them online but like he was like i mean they they played like two they played full stacks and that kind of stuff you know what i mean so he like it's cool because he understands what i do now you know but. yeah did uh did yeah i mean that's that's like a fun thing it's like it, it kind of puts you in a position to where like if you decide to make music your career path you could be like well yeah I, want, like, I can point this at you and say maybe it's because it was around <laughs> me when i was growing up totally yeah i feel like there I, i've had a had a lot of support like from from all sides parental i mean a ton and then you know just like i feel like anybody that succeeds in in any art form like it, it's it you really need that whether it's from your family or from your community you know one thousand percent. Um, so what was the first? What was that first band that went? Because you said you were sixteen. Oh, and was dude. What what was it called? Oh, and oh my god. It. Okay, so well, very first band was seventh grade, and we were called One with the Black Rose. Um, and we made <laughs> we made ten T shirts, and we wore them to school, and then we never played a show, and we never wrote a song, um, which was fun. <laughs> and then we broke up. And yep. then, uh, and then my my maybe actual band when I was in high school, we were called. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. This name we were called Fever Bird, and uh, yeah, it was just a uh, it was just like classic rock. We we were we recorded five songs. It was like my first foray into engineering, which was cool. But <laughs> that's incredible. So yeah, you mentioned it was like classic rock. So like, I mean, with a name like that, I'm assuming is it was it like leaning more to like a Skinnerdy sort of thing? Or... No, I mean, we I thought like Jack White was like the coolest guy on earth. And okay. Like, it's we love like, like Stonesy sort of style. Totally, totally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, that's that's um, almost better. like School of Rock, like inspired to an extent. We were, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so did so that band played shows though? Yeah, we played in like I I don't know if we ever played Surfside, but we played like various bars like around Fort Collins. And I mean, I was like I was 15, 16 at the time. So it was like, you know, it's like my you first time ever outside. being in the yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, I'm in these like shady places and there's all these scary people here. You know what I mean? That's pretty right. funny. Uh, did you just play guitar? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about the first show you played. Like, what do you remember from it? The first show I ever played? Yeah. Oh, as Feverbird? No, I got to talk about, I got to talk about the first Gleamer show. That was, I, mean, uh, we, I was talking we, about... We can do that too, but I just want to okay. know what it felt like to play in front of people the first time and like, did the, it you go? Know, oh, it's coming back to me. The first show I ever played was uh, Connor's. And my, this is my friend who I went to the yeah. Oasis show with. Yeah. Um, he was the drummer. It was uh, his high school's talent show. Um, and we played this one of them. Yeah. I think we played a cover <laughs> and I bought a vest. I bought a vest from Goodwill because um, I wanted to look like cool. And it was, it, what's funny is it was judged. I was kind of nervous because it was judged by the bassist of the fray. Like, because like they're from Colorado. So they had some ties with the school and he was like there. And I was like, we have to play for this guy. And I mean, low key, like an auditorium show as like a kid that age. I mean, that's like, 
there's like a lot of people. I was like, oh shit. And we're like up on like a big ass empty stage. Um, and yeah. I remember just like thinking like, all I have to do is think about what I have to do next. And I was just like, I think I just stood there. And I, I did it. I, I, we, we kicked ass. Um, it was pretty fun, but I was, I was pretty tense the whole time. You know, I was just like, like do I it right. Big, you know? Yeah. Is the, is the big question though. Did you win? Dude, we actually did. Yeah, we won. It was, it was pretty dope. <laughs> So that's that's exact i mean what what kind of aff- what more affirmation do you need yeah dude approved by the fray at like fucking 15 years old i guess that's so funny uh, i forget what the name of that song is that that was theirs but that song goes what was that song oh called? well they have i think cable car and then okay. uh eight seconds left in overtime she's on your mind is that the one you're oh, thinking of oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah dude one of my like best friends in the music scene uh his band's called ridgeway and they are they were they covered that like three months ago and it was so badass i was like in a in like a garage diy venue in in denver and i was like i was like alive when they were playing yeah it was so cool everyone was singing along i was like oh my god if you could pull that off like i think it's cool for a band that's like you know a quote unquote underground or like a punk band or like an indie band that's like you know, whatever that's like you're playing a DIY room, but you could but if you like pull off like a really good cold play song, Dude, everybody in the room knows it. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, it's shit. so much fun. Like I, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like that's like I've been like trying after after I saw them, I was like, fuck, like what can, what can I cover? Like what do I know? And I was like, I was like learning like a used song the other day and like I was like, I don't know if this one's like mainstream enough, but yeah not to bring it back to coldplay but i feel like if your band covered like yellow from coldplay it would bring the house down dude i love that song song is unbelievable yeah that record is unbelievable yeah man i fuck with those first two records for sure so phenomenal man oh yeah yeah no one saw this podcast going this direction i Um, know we're talking about the fray and coldplay (laughs) um another one that's like that uh the first snow patrol record that's on oh yeah oh my god that record is formative for me is that is that right i mean i just i loved that band like a couple of those albums were so sick to me i'd never it was like i don't know it's a good brand of sad music you know yeah and well because that was also that interesting time when quote unquote indie rock was entering the mainstream you know yeah. so like so so band i mean they're from like i think they're from glasgow they're like oh, they run really the, yeah they run in the same circles as like bell and sebastian and oh. camera obscura like they're from that group of people i think they have they all have a a side project band too together um which name is escaping me at this exact second but anyway I, like i wouldn't know yeah yeah anyway they uh it's, it's just cool because it's like that's a band that comes from that world that like they had commercial success and like you know we yeah think, we thank like Interpol and the Strokes and all that stuff because they were the first to like really enter indie into the mainstream. But it's because of all that that we ended up with with that happening. You know, that's interesting, man. I you know I never really thought about it that way. That's that's cool. That's a good perspective. Yeah. Um. So then, does it go from Feverbird to Gleamer? What's in between there, dude? So it went from Feverbird to I just want to be an audio engineer. Okay. And then uh like four years later, Gleamer. Um, so it it was sort of like a, you know, I, I like tracked that like first stuff when I was like 14, 15. And then like 
uh, like I say tracked, but I was just like fucking around. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like that, I loved that. And I, 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 when I very first started playing guitar, my dad, he, he had like a work laptop that had a free recording software and I would just record like, like power chord progressions and then like play halo to that. Cause it was like, I was like, Oh, this is so badass that like, it's my guitar. Um, and that. so like, I, I feel like I, I only ever loved and like playing live was really intimidating for me. So I only ever loved music, like in the sense that I could like record it and then like listen back to it. That was like always what I liked about it. Yeah. And, um, and so it sort of like, went from me uh you know playing shows with that band took that band kind of fizzling out as like high school bands do sometimes not always um but then i i sort of just like was like i really love recording and then was like you know recording other people that i knew and like different things like that and then went to school uh in phoenix for audio engineering and then moved to new york city and was like working in some studios there and uh it was kind of there that i like i was so isolated that like, you know, I didn't have any friends other than like the owner of the studio. And like, they were all like anyone I was interacted with was like 45 years old at the time. And I was like 20. And so it was like, I would go home and I worked such bizarre hours. I would work until like 4am and stuff. And so it was like, I was just like started playing guitar and I had unlimited access to the studio I worked at. So I like, I basically like, ended up coming up with some like demos and I sent them to a friend of mine back home, like, still a dear friend of mine and he was like a founding member of gleamer with me but uh he was like yo this is cool like i've never heard you sing before and i was sort of like figuring that out you know and then that kind of i like it was like i'm sure you know this feeling but like when you when you realize that like the only thing that's been holding you back from like doing something creative has been yourself and then you're like oh and you like get past that barrier and then i was like I was writing like 10 songs a day. I feel like I was like, I would like be walking and like come up with a voice memo and just be like, Oh my God, that's cool. That's cool. And I was finding all this new music. And like, that's where I got into like a lot of like weirder stuff. Like I was listening to like swans and like have a nice life. And like, I got way into grouper and I was like, music doesn't have to be like what I thought it had to be. And so it was kind of like, that was where things were like, Oh, like I want to, I want to write music, you know what I mean? And then sort of, I don't know, everything's kind of cascaded since then, but that was probably like when it, that was how Gleamer kind of came about. Yeah. What a journey that is too. Like, it's cool that you found this love for wanting to record just for like something, something is like, you know, uh, innocent as I want to make background music for this video game. Dude. Yeah. And then that led you to, you know, branching out. And I'm sure it was scary going to Arizona to do something like that. How long were you in the program oh, there? That, so that program was very, it was like very intensive and it, it was only eight months. So I, I graduated high school and then moved there pretty much immediately. Um, and then like did this recording program that was, I feel like recording school is really hit or miss for people just kind of depending sure. on how your, how your brain works. I feel like it can be really good to not do it or it can be really good to do it. I'm, I'm someone who loves like the scientific aspect of, and of it all. And I love like the math of it. And I love, like, I loved learning the technical side of things. Um, and then, you know, sort of, I feel like the creative side you just develop for your entire life. Um, but yeah, it, it was intimidating. And did you, what, when you moved to New York city, cause that's, 
that's like truly the most like man i'm throwing myself right into it was it for like a recording internship or something or yeah so basically the way the school worked was like they would hook me up with like a um like they had contacts at different studios and they were like if you pick like a major city we can help you try to get an internship um what's funny is the one i ended up with didn't even come from it was one i found online and it was it was a smaller studio in in brooklyn um and i was there for probably like a year um but the the fortunate thing about that move is i have my dad's cousin i think that's my second cousin um she lived in queens at the time and so i got to go out and just like stay with her rent free and like that was like i mean i i could not have done that at that age by myself i think i would have like had a panic attack and gone home because it was like i remember like i'd never been around crowds like that you know it's like holy shit like especially at like 19 you're like so scared of that or i was scared of that stuff you know i i mean i thoroughly applaud you for doing that that's that's like (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's a huge thing i mean new york is arguably my favorite city in the entire world but oh really yeah it's just I've never lived there, but it's going there. It's, it just will always feel magical to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. walking around Manhattan with the big buildings and like, you know, growing up watching, growing up watching like fucking home alone two And like those kind of movies, you know, where you, you just get told, you just get shown the magic of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm there, I'm just like engulfed in that. And, and as much as I've always wanted to live there, I never, I never have. I feel like at this point in my life, it'd probably be pretty hard to anyway, but like, um, I kind of like keeping it as this place that whenever I get to visit, it like feels really special. Um, That's so, cool. so I'm, I'm proud of you for fucking getting out there and making it work. And then also like, yeah, I mean, at the same time, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a big, that's a big thing to do. So, you yeah. know, do you look back <laughs> well, on that fondly or do you look back on that? Like, Oh, I could never live there again. You know, I'm split on it. I, I feel like, being from a smaller place i was when i left i was pretty ready to leave at the time um but i'm i'm tremendously thankful for having i I feel like not any not not that many people get the opportunity to do something like that so many people wouldn't even have a relative that would let them stay or whatever um and and so like that experience for me just getting out of like colorado and like even phoenix was this way but new york like way more so it like taught me like Oh, this is like, there's so much more going on in the world. And there's so much more like respect that you need to have for like, all different types of people. And like, you can learn from like, somebody you didn't think you could learn from. And like, I don't know, being surrounded by that sort of thing was like, I'm really glad that that came to me, like when it did, you know, like, at that age, I, I feel like that that sort of like, directed my life a little bit, like being around like, such a different crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming that Gleamer has probably played New York and Brooklyn a few times since then. Yeah, right? yeah. On, on um, we've probably played um, the city like four or five times. Um, in you know, just on like support runs with with different people over the years. I'm just curious, like if you when you play, have you played Brooklyn or just Manhattan? Um, I th- I think. I think just Brooklyn. I was going to say, like, I'm wondering if you if you invited any of the older folks that used to. Uh... Oh, 
hang with you like out out to be like check it out of look what i'm doing i know dude i had there like our i think our first time in new york i had some people that i had known there come out to a show and that that was that was really special to see it was like oh my god like i will say that was a pretty shot show as far as attendance so it was kind of like it was like oh no like they're seeing me play (laughs) to an empty room like yeah (laughs) but you know it, it, it was still cool so Today's episode is brought to you by Death Wish, Inc. For 20 years, Death Wish has been the go-to label for emerging punk and hardcore. That continues today with their recent releases from scene staples and promising newcomers such as Modern Life is War, Greet Death, Chastity, Converge, Frail Body, and more. Get 10% off all Death Wish music and merch in their store using the link deathwishinc.com slash thefirstever which automatically applies the discount and filters the site for only items included. Again, that is 10% off all Deathwish releases and merch when you visit deathwishinc.com slash the first ever. Have you checked out those new Greet Death songs? Jesus, that band is good. Start there. Talk to me about... So well, actually, with when Gleamer started then, um, was the first time Gleamer recorded just like you doing it yourself? I yeah, assume. dude, I played, I played everything. I, I would like, cause it was, so the studio that I worked at would, would rock eight hour days. And then I was like, it was just, I just had a key. Um, and basically I would go back and like, or I might like go home for something and then come back and then I would just go in and then like, just, I would like kind of write the songs as I was going. Um, and, oh, you know, I didn't, I forgot this element. So Matt, my friend who joined Gleamer later, I would send like my rough ideas, the guitar stuff to him. He would send me like basically approval or like bass tracks and then I would play everything else. So like the drums were like, I would give myself like a minute and then I would like have like a little sound that I knew that like the song was coming up and then I would like hit record and then I would have to run out of the control room and run down the hall and then run into the live room and then like wait at the drum kit and then like, Oh my God. Okay. And then like try to one take the whole song and then I would run back and like do that sort of thing. So, and I'm not even a drummer, so I would just play as good as I could and then just like fix it. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll just, um, so yeah, that, that was sort of like, and that was all like, what was so badass about it is this studio was on, um, it was on the eighth floor, um, in, Dumbo Brooklyn and it like looked over the I think the East River yes the East River and onto Manhattan and it had these huge ass windows so it was like nighttime and I was like I don't know I felt it was it was fun it felt cool to be like fucking around yeah. in the studio like that you know completely completely um and then so the from what I see like is the was that what you're working on was that what became like the Holy land USA release dude pre that it's so uh, there's like a, there's an album on Bandcamp from 2013. Um, that's I, unless for some, I don't have checked in a long time, but it should still be up. Um, (laughs) and it's got like a pink and and blue cover. And then, and that, that was that album. It like came from those. And it was like me, like, not really having any clue what I was doing with mixing. I mastered the whole thing myself. If you you can't even call it that, I'm just like fucking around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like gear that I'm like is way above my pay grade, and and then it was like, I don't know. It's funny because I had, I think I had access to more expensive equipment in my entire life than I did. Like at that point, yeah, it was like 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and like, it's probably the worst sounding release we have, which is pretty funny to me. But <laughs> of course, that that adds a, a, a level of charm to it, though. Um, totally. What? Uh, so then what was the first like, like release release or like maybe you had a physical copy of something? Dude, um, well, we did we did a run of 25 cassettes for Same. Holy Land um, and we did a run of cassettes for the EP that came after that. Okay. And then, um, and then moving away, I, which I kind of feel like was like the first like record that we, that, I mean, I, honestly, I still think the record before that Holy Land is dope as fuck, but I just think it's like maybe not executed that well. Um, sure. but then I feel like moving away was where things started to kind of coalesce and it was like, Oh, this is like, I feel like I'm starting to get at the point of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I noticed that a label out of the UK made cassette tapes, like dude, one called yes. like Gold Flake Tapes. Gold Flake, and then, Gold Flake Tapes, dude. Yeah. yeah. So how did that happen? What was that relationship? How did dude, how did you get a label from the UK to invest in your Colorado band? <laughs> dude, yeah, it's funny that that was like so after I put out that record in 2013, um, I just put it on Bandcamp, and I feel like I don't know, maybe I'm I'm out of touch with exactly how people find music in some ways but like at that time like browsing Bandcamp and looking at like tags was like really popular and there were a lot of people vying for like blog space i mean i feel like there still are but i'm just a little less in touch with it but um yeah the the dude who runs that his name's tom such a sweet guy but he found that record and was just like we like became friends on facebook and he was just like i love your music and he like i mean he did like a single release for like holy land and like his 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 blog kind of took off and like got a lot bigger, uh, but we were both like, just like, you know, like micro things at the time that like, I don't know, it was just crazy to me that anyone would like, like something that I put out that I didn't know, you know? So we kind of, I was like, sure, like, well, I'll do cassettes, you know? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Um, And then, uh, so when did, I'm curious actually what should, what I should go with first here. Uh, at what point in your band's career did you do a first tour? Um, our first tour was probably right after, um, shortly after Moving Away had come out in 2015. Um, and that was back when like we would like, we were booking tours like through Facebook. Um, right. Cause it was like people that like, people that we knew that played, that had DIY venues, you know what I mean? Cause like playing a venue is like not, that's not going to happen. At least at that time, it was like, Oh, that that's not reasonable. Cause I don't, I don't understand the, the politics behind like booking venues. There's like so many, it just felt like a wall, you know what I mean? So sure. it's like, what, whatever. We'll just like try to like connect with friends. And, and we had like, fortunately a lot of people in Minneapolis connected with the record and um, like kind of a lot. And we were like, Oh, that's so sick. Um, and like, I started chatting with people out there and that was due to some friends of ours in Denver um and like i don't know we 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 felt like we were like okay like people kind of like this record like maybe we should like and we were playing trying to play a lot of shows we were like i want to do the band um and so we booked like a little like diy run yeah i think that was it was either 2015 or 2016 um and we went up played like 11 shows and we went up to minneapolis and came back and like at the minneapolis show it was at this house called the broke house and they were like they were like other bands there that had draw as well which was so helpful but um there were probably like 40 or 50 people there and we were like 
this is so fucking cool. Like, I mean, some of the shows yeah. are awful, but like, you know, yeah. th there's like, it, that was like such a cool experience to be like, we're not in Colorado and like people like us more here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Um, I was going to ask uh, to expand on like, how long was it? Like, uh, you know, like what were you driving? Like how, oh, what, how did those things play into it? <laughs> dude, we were driving Charlie. So Charlie, I haven't even touched on Charlie yet, but Charlie's like, You'll meet Charlie. He's the drummer right now. But Charlie uh -huh. is like, he's not very on social media, so he doesn't get the credit he's due. But he is the other half of Gleamer. He is like my support in every way. He writes every song with me. Like he makes every tonal decision with me. And like he played all the lead guitar on our on our last two records. You know what I mean? He's like the fucking man. But anyways, uh, we were driving Charlie's parents, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe, like a little SUV. And we rented a U-Haul. And we had to like strap all of our gear in because the U-Haul was like way too big. Right. And it was like, <laughs> it was, it was chaotic. And I remember <laughs> we played our first show in Kansas city at a grocery store and we were That's like, incredible, dude, it was my, my distortion, my overdrive pedal broke before I played the first song. And I was like, uh, Oh, it was like, you know, that feeling it was like, yeah. I was like, Oh my God, what are we doing? We're so far from home. But, um, but yeah, and then we we ended up playing. There were a few very cool shows on that run, and I made some friends then that I am still friends with now. But that always happens. I always tell people like the first, the first people you you the people you meet on your first tours, whether it's in the U.S. or Europe or Canada, they're gonna always be around for the rest of your Dude, time ever touring. I've never heard that, but that is so true. Like that that is like. That's so that's so sick. I love yeah, that. It, the people who either book you book you a show or maybe they let you stay at their house, like any of those mm -hmm. circumstances, they just become whether they like it or not, they just kind of become lifers in your life. Or when you come back to that city, you know what yeah, I'm saying? it feels so brand new. And like, I don't know that that's way cool. Yeah. Um, so how, how long was that run? You mentioned it started in Kansas City and then you went up to Minneapolis. Was it like a week? Was it two weeks? It was probably like nine days, nine or okay, ten sure. days, maybe a That's little longer. Yeah, did I, and you and you came back healthy. You came back in one piece. The van didn't break down. Yeah, dude. You know, we actually like had no vehicle troubles. Knock on wood. Still yeah. haven't really like oh, we've been. I'm knocking really on wood for you there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> straight up, I have been yeah. knocking on wood. I've I've been realizing how much I like project positive futures, and I'm like, oh god, I gotta like. I don't want to like declare that too hard. Right. Um, but, it, but anyways, uh, yeah, it, it, it like everything worked out pretty well. It, it was like, I don't know. It, it, we came home like wanting to do it again, you know? So we, we kind of immediately were like, how do we do that again? Like in a different direction. And like, yeah. you know, it was like, let's, let's keep this going. Cause that kind of worked, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then how did other people's records enter your life? Oh, dude, other people came because of motherfucking Tom Williams, dude. I, I, I love him. Uh, it was sort of, uh, he hit me up like years, maybe like a year and a half prior to us signing with them, but he was just, you know, like feeling us out and like, just like saying, what's up, this is my label. And, um, he's been super supportive of us, which was really cool. And, um, I remember, I think what, what ended up doing it is cause like, I, I I've always been like very like slow to like make agreements when it comes to like gleamers music i feel like everybody mm -hmm. i feel like most people are kind of that way because it's it's you know it's special to you and you're like what what makes the most sense or whatever 
Yeah. Um, so we had been kind of slow on the, on the uptake as far as like knowing what we wanted to do going forward. And, um, I remember we, this was another one of those like Facebook tours. We played, um, uh, a bowling alley with, uh, modern color who like, it's so funny cause I didn't even know them at the time. And they're like some of my best friends now. Um, but we played with them and Tom came to the show and he was like, just so sick. And I remember I was like, dude, like you seem really genuine. Like, are you like, are, do you, do you like your life? Like, are you a happy guy? <laughs> do like, you dude. like your life? <laughs> I remember asking him that. Cause I was just yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to fuck with someone who's like miserable. <laughs> and yeah. like, right. not, I, that's a rude thing to say, but you know what I'm saying? I know what I, you mean. I, yeah. I, I wanted him to like, I basically was just asking like, do you genuinely like love this? And, and, um, and he was just like, absolutely, bro. And I, I remember like hugging him about that. And then he uh, took us out to like this diner and then we stayed at his apartment, uh, like hung out with him. And then we ended up signing to the label. Cause I was like, he's the kind of like guy that I would like to work with. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, so yeah. And then it's been cool. Cause like, I feel like the label and the band kind of grew a lot in tandem because the, I, I, the label's grown a lot at this point, but like, I mean, we were both like tiny at the time, you know? Yeah. 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 I forget. Isn't Jesse involved in, in that label? Yes. No? Jesse is as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and Jesse's great as well. My like main contact is with Tom. So he's, he's sort sure. of been like the, I feel like they kind of divvy up how the, how the communication goes. Cause you kind of have to, but yeah. <laughs> so I first, read your band's name because jesse sent me a care package oh no way <laughs> releases off the record so i think it had like gleamer had modern color and like maybe one other thing but that was like my mm. first time you know seeing the cover and then um i did i was doing a year-end podcast with ray harkins and oh and he put gleamer on his year-end list and i was like wait i think i know that band and like admittedly like i had i had recently got that package so i hadn't opened the record yet but it was behind me and i was like i was like yo that record is i literally have that record i haven't i was like but now this gives me an opportunity to actually you know put in the effort to listen to this thing so that's so cool that was like my first introduction to it um i love ray i love that that came via him he's he's such a great guy he the first time i ever did any touring in my life was selling merch for his band taken back in like you're kidding me no it was like two i mean probably two thousand and one or two it was like taken poison the well tour um but yeah i did merch for him for like a week west coast tour or something that is so badass oh my god that's so cool it was just so i mean that and that like i mean because of that band it started so many friendships because like nick beard who's in circus survive was in that band and like that's how i ended up getting to know all the circus survive guys through nick beard so like yeah it's uh you know i've I've, uh ray to thank for all of that stuff so uh then i noticed that you did the last record the the down through record with will yip was that your first time doing a record uh, with someone else that you weren't like dude the producer first of? time in my life doing ever having to like give up control talk to me about what made that decision happen bro it was like i mean will's awesome i like we straight up i re- i remember he came we, we did a tour with movements and we played philadelphia and he came out to the show and he was like he introduced himself in the green room. And I mean, I saw him and I'm like, that's fucking well, yeah. Like, 
I love title fight so much. And and like, um, you know, and he came up and said, what's up? And was just like, dude, I really like your band. Like, you know, saying hi. And I thought that was so cool. And, um, you know, we had a, our our manager at the time, uh, James Vitalo, I think he's the one who showed us to Will and James is awesome. Um, but like he, uh, I think got that kind of connection going and then we'll talk to other people. And then we ended up booking like a, a couple days with him. Um, just like me, Charlie and Nick, who's like, Nick's like the other mega member of Gleamer. Um, yeah. but he, uh, we, us three kind of went out and like did, we like tracked like some demos basically with him and, um, just to like feel out what it would be like working together. Yeah. And, um, I, I, dude, it was such a thing for me. I remember, I remember Will listening to one of the songs and he was like, it was like, it's like, it's my favorite song on the record, which is so sick because he had, you know, just like basic arrangement change. And it was so like illuminating for me to be like, I remember, I I feel like I kind of gave him a hard time the first day. I was so like, like, what are you going to do to make my band better? And, And then, and then like, I literally had to like, bust my ego and just be like dude like do you really want to think that like you know everything and like you're like the skilled person when like you have somebody with so much more experience with you than you willing to work with you and i was just like okay and so i like had this evening where i talked to my girlfriend at the time now fiance alex and she was just like you got to fucking do this basically. Uh, and, and then, so I, I went in the next day and I, I think I, I remember like pulling him aside and like kind of apologizing. And I was like, dude, I want to do like whatever your vision is. And I just want to see that through because I like want to learn from you. And so right. that kind of like, um, I don't know that, that sort of shifted the tone, and but it was a big hurdle for me. I mean, it was like, it was I like mean, a, a huge yeah. pill to swallow, you know? Absolutely. I think that, especially for you who's who's someone who already has a vision for what your band is you've been building it since you know writing these songs by yourself in you know a secluded lonely situation in new york city to then like then like learning how to record so it's like not only has this thing been your baby as like the genesis of this thing but then also you know how to record so you're now going to an outside person to get that perspective to like get with the idea of getting a new perspective but i understand the the pressures and and uh, anxiety that comes with giving up that sort of control, even though you know that's why you're yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I it makes to, it makes total sense to me. I think that what you went through is one of the most, um, you know, scary but important things for a band to do. Like, I think about like we just did our we just you know our last one is our fifth record, and like. I remember when we went to a producer for the first time, which was for our 2011 record. Um, it was with this guy, Ed Rose, who like did some records that we love, like, like love, love. He did like get up kids, coalesce, like Casca lottery bands like that. And, and like, we went there being like, but some of us had that like punk rock, like, well, fucking yeah. I just, we're going to him cause it sounds good, but like, you know, these are our, our ideas are still the best. Yeah. yeah. We don't, we don't need any outside opinion. And then like the two times he suggested things, we were like, yeah, those are, that's better ideas. We should probably go with that, you know? Dude, and then, yeah. and then, you know, that kind of, we, we always kind of kept our guard up a little bit, but we also became a little more open-minded. But then this last one we did, it was just like the ultimate, like 
we want an outside opinion. You tell us anything that comes to your mind and we're going to be open to it because that stuff just is how you grow, you know? Yeah, that's it's definitely a, a perspective you develop. And I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know of anybody that's gotten too far in the music industry that doesn't have a memory like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that it's it's really, I'm just immensely thankful for that time, um, especially that first like demo session. We ended up making the record with him like a year later. Um, but it, it's like, I don't know, that that's shaped how I've pursued my own career. I feel like I'll, I'll meet with bands and it's like, I'm so thankful to like, at least feel like I get where they're coming from. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I get that they don't hate me. It's like, I, I, I like, I understand how precious this is. And I like, I want to like, I don't know. I've been there too. You know what I mean? I, I think it's, it's helpful. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, I, I'm assuming there's people that know this, but in case they don't like you, you yourself are a producer. And I think yes. that, that you having that, um, that knowledge and that understanding and that knowing what it feels like to be in these people's position probably only helps when it comes to yeah. explaining that to these people being like, look, you don't have to take my advice, but I'm going to provide it if you want it you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. And not even to like say, Oh, I have so much more experience or whatever. It's like literally just like recognizing that, like, I mean, I find even the opposite comes into, comes to, into play, like with me, with a band, like every time I work with a band, it's like, everybody wants to approach things differently. And I I've gone through years ago, like phases of being like, this is how I track drums. This is how I track guitar. This is, and, and it's like, that's such I can't do that. I got to like, it, it's like, it's us together, like coming up with what we want things to be. You know what I mean? And like, even if it's like the most fucking bizarre idea, like if, especially like the quiet people in the band, it's like, if you hear that, it's like, Oh, let's try that. Like, you know what I mean? And like, and, and yeah. that teaches me too. It's like this, like, that's like my favorite part of music is like how, how like it all like combines into like this group effort, you know what I mean? And then we all like, we all come out of the other side, like knowing a lot more than we did when we started, you know? 100%, 100%. Um, like how much time in your life is devoted to producing these days? Like, is, are you doing a lot of like local bands in the area or do you, how do you divide up your time? It's, it's, I mean, it's like a hundred percent of my time. Really? Most of the time Uh, it's, um, it just kind of depends. Yeah. I, I have some, there are some projects locally that like, I, I just finished a couple LPs. Um, like I finished tracking one last week with a band um, from Denver, but I'm really thankful that like a lot of my clients aren't, aren't from here. Like I, I end up working with like um, either people that I travel to or they're willing to come to Colorado. Like um, just in January, I had a band um, from LA out here that like, this is our third time working together. And it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm really thankful to have like, I think having a band helps a lot. Cause it's like, I'm willing to put myself out there and like, you can hear me singing and like all that shit. Whereas like with an engineer, a lot of the time it's kind of like, what do you do? You know, um, yeah. as other than just the records that they made. Um, but I think that helps like with, with connecting with people on maybe like a, a broader scale. Um, but yeah, I, I'm probably making like 10 LPs a year, which takes like, you know, Maybe it maybe less two or three weeks a month. And then, you know, just whoever else wants to do shit in between and then yeah, try and then a lot of- desperately trying to finish Gleamer stuff in the middle. I'm like so close to being done with something, but 
That's awesome. That's because yeah, I mean that last record is now that came out what twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. It was just after COVID. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We've so then, literally yeah. never played these songs live. Oh my god, I'm so excited <laughs> for you. I know. <laughs> oh, that's this is. I mean, we we got to do that thrice for, but this is our first like headliner getting to play the the record that we put out in 2022. So we can also yeah. sort of celebrate Aww. this together. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so glad that this is giving you that opportunity. That makes me so sad. Dude, yeah. I, I mean, we're so thankful to have been brought along, truly. That's like we were we're all so stoked, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so Plus, happy. like I love every other band on the bill. Like I'm like really thrilled to see everyone. So Oh, I'm yeah, I'm amped. I mean, it's such a it's such an eclectic tour, and there's yeah, and the fact that it it kind of changes throughout the whole time. So it's like every other week, it's like oh, now there's someone different on the store now. Yeah. So, um, well, shit. I mean, let me hit you with the last question, and uh, then we could celebrate a little more. But um, okay, when was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards? Bro, it was last May. Um, my uh. So going back to that show that we played in Minneapolis in 2016, there was this guy there, this kid, he was 16 years old at the time. His name is Jake. Um, and he's like my boy now, but uh, he, I remember him going to the show and I remember seeing him because he, he was like this very young looking kid and he had moving away. Like the album cover has his phone wallpaper and he bought like all our merch. And I was like, who is this kid? Like, that's so crazy. Like we have like a super fan. And um, I remember just like chatting with him, like really briefly. Um, and then like he, you know, that was like just a cool moment. And then like, you know, we play there again. I see him again. And I was like, oh, that Jake's back. And like, I think we ended up being like friends on Facebook or whatever. And then um, he was like in a band at the time. Um, but I didn't I didn't really like I don't know if they had even put out music. Um, but sure. anyways, uh, basically, like I got to see him sort of like grow up a little bit and then he started a band like i i've sort of developed a closer just like a music friendship with him um but he started a band that i believe in like so fucking much um called prize horse from minneapolis and they uh him and everyone else in that band i'm very tight with but they came out uh, last may and um they ended up they they ended up staying at like my house in fort collins and then we made this like ep over like 12 days and it was like I was just like so proud and so happy to see like Jake, who is who I now just consider like one of the most talented people I know and just a peer in music who was like this kid at our show. And then like now we're just friends. And I and I think his band is like the best band in the world. You know what I mean? Like that's so it was this like I, I feel so emotional even thinking about it because it's just like, oh, that's like the whole fucking point of like everything i'm doing is just like i just love my friends bands you know what i mean and i want like i want everyone else to love it as much as i do so i want to help make the records you know that's it's that's the coolest thing in the entire world like yeah i i can relate to that feeling a bit and also i know what it feels like to be jake in a lot of ways yeah Same. When I was when I was a when I was like a teenager I made a, a fan website for Thursday and became really close with those guys and then you know Jeff sang on our first record and put kind of helped put out our first record the singer Thursday so like dude that, that is so cool and and because of like him doing that and showing me that kindness like that's always stayed in in my head to where like 
it's important to do what you did, which is like think about ways to then help someone in the same way that, you know, like that kind of like just just kind of pass it along and, and keep that yes. going. Keep that support system. It's so important. Yes. Like, I mean, that's what I was saying. It's like you need you need people to believe in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, that's cool. That's that's, cool. that's an amazing story. I didn't even know that. That that's yeah. so sick. Yeah, it was unreal. It's absolutely unreal. God. I still can't. I still can't really believe that that all happened. That probably made you, know? you feel so badass. You're like, oh, my shit's good enough that this guy well, wants to sing on it. Well, it's funny too because you know, knowing those guys throughout those years and everything like that, like I definitely gave them like my other bands before Two Chase CDs, and I like knew that and they were like, yeah, cool. But that, but what I. <laughs> what I but when I gave Jeff the demo, the touche demo, he hit me back and was like, was like, yo, I, I, this is, this is cool. I want to be involved. And that's Dude. where that all, yeah, it was Aww. still, still unreal. Still unreal. Um, that's really cool. So yo, when do you, I mean, yo, when do you leave? We meet up in just a couple days, less than a week. I know we're leaving on, we're, we play a show in Denver on Wednesday night. And then um, we're leaving Thursday morning to get, and we're getting, going to like Reno and then. So you're playing a couple shows on the way out. We're just playing one show in Denver and then we don't have anything else. Just that. (laughs) Okay. Fair. Fair. I mean, it gets you some gas money, gets you some, you know. Yeah, I understand. Plus we're not hitting Colorado. So we're like, well, might as well play one. So so are you kind of looking at it like a, a really late record release show? You know, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> we, we probably should because we never played any shows. Yeah, because th- this record came out two months after COVID. Like, really, everyone yeah. was, like, shut down. Dang. So w- where are you playing? Uh, it's a place called Seventh Circle. Um, okay. it's, like a, it's like a DIY spot in Denver. It'll be fun. It, we've played there a lot of times. So. Is it the same people that did Blastomat? Yes. I, yes, Blastomat. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Because yeah, Blastomat. That's it was a garage that has the house attached to it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is the venue. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That rules. That rules. Um, and then we're going to like what... some huge ass venue right after that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oakland first day sold out. I'm so excited that really? we're starting out. Yeah. Oh, we're I didn't out know a, that. Starting out at a sold out show. Could it? Could, that's kick ass, man. It's all, it's all downhill from there, but I'm you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, day two is LA and that's, that's exciting. Um, that'll be fun. I think LA has like 750 tickets sold. So that's pretty fucking good. Oh, Um, dude. Yeah. I think biggest venue we ever played was, uh, glass house in Pomona. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Second show, biggest venue. I think I've ever played in my life. That's incredible. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're gonna do this. I'm stoked, thing. man. Yeah. Um, well, safe travels out here. I'm really looking forward to hanging hanging out with all of you. And again, can't yeah. thank you enough for doing this with us. Dude, yeah, thanks. Sorry for the, the freaking scramble trying to get this to work. Oh my god, yeah. No, no, it was all it was all worth it. It was a bonding experience. For sure, man. <laughs> all right, man. I'll let you go for the rest of your day. Cool. All right. See you, Jeremy. And that is our show. Thank you so much to Corey for coming out. And don't forget, hit up touchamore.com slash tour. 
to come see Touche and Gleamer play together. Tour is about to start. And also, there's a bonus episode. Hit up patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon to hear that now. And in case you were wondering, yes, the show is going to keep going while I'm on tour. Have a lot of episodes pre-recorded and uh, a lot of good ones. Strap in. Subscribe if you haven't done that yet. All right. Bye-bye.